Shirt Show. from Success Print Shop down in Texas. Let's go! So big sexy. Didn't you test your audio? Can you hear us? Hold up a number. Uh, hold up your middle finger. You <laughs> <laughs> can't. You obviously can't. No, you're me? Yeah, yeah we got now. you now. Hey, y'all been chilling there for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, we've been on for a couple hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> Waiting on you. What the hell? You're late. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm what time now. is it in Texas? Uh, we're pushing 8 p.m. Hmm. What about you? So it's the same for you, right? Me? Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Dang, Andy, a fancy mic. Oh, yeah, check this thing out. <laughs> uh, what is it? A sure or something like that? He wanted to show everybody up. That's mm -hmm. what he did. I know. Like, let's redo this thing. I didn't know we had to bring up this thing. I was just kidding. But it's sunny there too. What the hell? Why do you guys get all this sunshine and I get fucking darkness? Bro, it was a hundred and like four today, hundred and two. I think. Jesus. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I think we had we just hit seventy or like seventy-two or something. That's so awesome. Like, and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be forty in rain tomorrow. You are not drinking coffee right now, are you? Decal, decal. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Why do people even drink decaf? Honestly. Mm. Cause right now, like right now, no, dude, people freaking hate decaf and it's crazy. But like right now, if you went to want coffee right before bed, like you're not gonna drink coffee. Yeah, but yeah. you drink coffee to have caffeine. You don't like the, the flavor that oh, much. The so you've got to drink. You have to drink it right now. Like, wouldn't it be better? <laughs> no, like a, no, look at that water behind you right there. It's, you it's know, like five a, gallons of water. <laughs> That's for the coffee maker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's even better the, the, it's like dessert after after dinner and lunch it's like it's like it's just sweet because i got creamer in it so it's like uh, eating a dessert you know like a cookie or something mm. after i don't I'm feel not, like i need to you. explain my coffee <laughs> habits <laughs> that's so what's going on man no nothing much just getting the little work that's trickling in just knocking that out are you doing a bunch of like stores and stuff uh, yeah, I did some like initially, you know, like when it, like everything, when everybody was kind of doing it, but like I haven't pushed it again or reached out. So it was just like that initial, like, like two weeks of stores that I did. And that was kind of it. Yeah. Did but, you get um, like a push the last like two weeks? I feel like me and Andy both got like a nudge of orders. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say like this, not, not past two weeks, but this week, like specifically, I definitely saw some movement coming along. So that was, that was real nice. Yeah. I feel like tomorrow I'm going to ask all, my, well, all the staff that was at home, I'm going to ask them if they want to come in. That's good. If That's they're awesome. willing to not stay home and get paid to do nothing. I don't even know how many guys you normally have. Do you have like five or something? Seven. Okay. Thanks. So you had a pretty good crew. Yeah. We have a, we have an unnecessary amount of crew. I don't like to have. <laughs> That's kind of how I fit. I kind of felt like that with me. Like I, I did like one, my full-time guy go and it was like a huge, like I realized how much like cash was like, I was giving him yeah. like every month. So it was like, that was huge, your, like, that full-time guy. You, you just talked one about full time. Yeah. Was that the first, was that your first full-time that you've ever yeah. had? Yeah. Yeah. It was. And how long was he there for? How long has he been there since? This June would have been one year. So he, mm -hmm. he, he was there for a little bit. 
What were his? What was his role? Oh, dude, he was like production, everything, like printing, everything. I had him doing separations. He was doing screens, uh, mixing in, um, all the printing, except none of the bagging and tagging. Like my, I hired my sister, and she does that still. So what were so you doing? Like, you were doing nothing pretty much? Yeah, no, no, I was like on top of my <laughs> game was, with my emails. He was sitting back drinking decaf. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was staying on top of my emails for the first time in three years. Yeah. Dude, that's the best feeling, honestly. Like that happened for me like two years ago where I finally got to the point where I could feel comfortable like passing off all my emails to somebody, like hiring oh, somebody. Man. As soon as I did that, I was like, holy shit, why didn't I not do this way sooner? <laughs> Dude, I was already getting to that point too. I was like... I don't want to freaking. I mean, it's not like I don't know. It's just I do a lot of the artwork too, so I need to pass that off too. I do all the artwork, yeah. um, and it kind of felt like here lately, like this whole like all these previous years, I was always like knocking out artwork and I enjoyed doing it. But like here lately, it was kind of like it was just like uh, I got it. It was just taking so long, and I also felt like ever since I was in high school, and I would look like go to Subway to get a sandwich, and I would see somebody like or you know we ask like you know you tell them what you want. And they're just doing it. They're doing it. I always felt bad for those people. They're just being like told all day, like what to do, what to do. <laughs> I kind of felt like I was like that with the artwork. It started becoming like, what well, can change? this, can't do that. And it was like, man, it passes off. And it, it wasn't like out of a bad place. It was just like, it was just a lot, you know, taking up all my time. It felt like. Yeah. Was, uh, is a lot of the artwork kind of like doable, but simpler? You know what I mean? Like if somebody comes yeah, in. Yeah, no, that's all. Yeah, it's never like you guys knock out some serious nice stuff and it's never nothing like that. It's always like very doable. I, See, I mean, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's one thing that that's one thing that I did a little while ago was I basically we were trying to handle that stuff. Like somebody would call, say they were a plumber or whatever, and they would say like, oh, I need a new logo. I want like wrenches cross with my name and like all that stuff. And I always, <laughs> yeah. I always used to be like, oh, we could do that in like, you know, 45 minutes or whatever, knock that mm -hmm. out. But then you think about how many of those you do a day and how they add up. And then yeah. basically like I got so many of those at one point and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start looking for like artists that I actually talk to and know I'm going to ask them like, Hey, what's your like rate? If I give you, you know, say I give you like 10 designs a yeah. week or like 20 designs a week, what would your rate be? Mm -hmm. And they gave me an awesome rate. So basically I just started charging yeah. the customer that yeah. rate. And then again, it's the same thing. Like you said, when you hire somebody to do emails, it was like that whole weight got lifted again. And I was like, do I have so much yeah, more time to like awesome. put into things that I really want to do versus did like, they, um, did they promise some sort of turnaround? Like, a, so they get yeah, it back to 24 yeah. hours or what's, how does that work? It's basically like 24 hours. So if I give it to him in the business day, he's usually like, Hey, I'll have this for tomorrow or I'll have this to you the next day, which is still two days is still, super fast for a customer getting customer artwork. So you, so you get the art back from them and then you email approved to the customer or do they yeah. communicate with the customer? No, I communicate, I communicate with the customer. But the thing is too, is I'll tell him like, Hey, here's the customer idea. Um, and he usually gives me like two to three options that are like oh, somewhat nice. similar, but a little bit different to where the customer can like be like, I like the text and option a, but I like the design and B and then I just forward that back to him. And then literally like a couple hours later, he gives me like the final one. And then I send it to them and they're like, Hey, that's awesome. Well, and what then, happens if there's four or yeah, five, you know, back and forth? Then I just, I tell the customer like, Hey, after like, you know, two, maybe three revisions, there's going to be another fee. Hmm. Um, and then you know, a lot of times the designer doesn't even ask because I feel like he's 
doesn't want to, I mean, honestly, he probably feels like he doesn't want to say anything and like not get to work anymore. But I usually just, I usually just pass it on to him anyway. I'll be like, Hey, I charge them more for this because like, I feel bad. Basically you got like 10 revisions on this, you know, rooftop design or whatever. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so easy. But yeah, it's been huge for me. Like I don't have any design staff other like I've always done some stuff like, Brian, who does our steps, has always done stuff. Like, if we feel like doing it, if it's the customer, we're like, I want to do this, I want to take this on, we'll do it. But if it's just like the day to day, like, you know, somebody has a reunion or something and wants a design, it's just so much easier for me to freelance it out. Because then there's no payroll, there's no nothing. It's like if they pay for the design, it's out the door and done and paid. So, yeah. But Andy, yeah, what's your take of- on that? Because you have a bunch of designers on staff. Yeah, um, I never thought it was possible to do something like that with our uh, setup, you know, how we're such a custom shop. Somebody walks in near the front. I guess uh, we onboard orders three different ways, phone call, email, or somebody's at our front counter. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we take like a work order, we take notes, and then we put it up in Monday. Well, um, I always thought having the designers there uh, for us anyway, has been, is, is how we run it. Uh, I guess, I guess it's more complicated than that because they approve every job. So let's say, um, let's say you're, um, you're the artist. What, what happened is, is the, when we, we do a test print, we put it down the dryer. Um, well then quality control, they come grab you and you come look at that art, you know, because right. you're familiar with that art, you know what you designed, you know, if it's missing a color, you know, if it's something didn't output right or whatever. And so Small you know, detail. yeah, there's little details that how are we going to know what, how, mm. how to proof it. And so, right. And it's a lot of times um, too, the customer will be like, Hey, I, you know, just so you know, I really like this one color to pop like this. And it's like mm-hmm. that designer is going to be the only person exactly. that would know that. Yeah, true. Yeah. And, and the last, you know, and even like with colors. So if somebody accidentally puts Royal blue instead of whatever peacock or who knows what, you know, the mm-hmm. designer is going to notice that. And so they do the test proof, um, and then they ask for a final and then, then the final is like placement and other details, like, just like you just said, sometimes the customer says, Oh, I want it two inches down or I want it this or that. And we have notes in there, right. but they actually can, they're the last person to, to see that. And they uh, are very familiar with that job. And so when a designer is not there and it has to go hand off to somebody else, you know, another designer and they, they take over that job, everybody gets kind of nervous because they're like, Oh, well, I don't know every single detail, but right, I'm right. going to look it over anyway. Um, so how do you, um, I guess my question would be is let's say we do farm out some of that kind of stuff. How would we go through that proofing process? And what do you, how do you, we do, we do kind of some basically the same thing you do, but it's this actual salesperson, not the designer. So Mm. the salesperson, like I said, I don't take the customer and forward them to the designer, the designer, like the customer goes through me first before it hits the designer. So I'm getting all the same notes. Like if the customer is like, oh, I really want this to be, you know, my truck is a specific color and I want this to be this color. Like I have those notes. I've heard it in my mind <clears throat> to know that that's what they were looking for. So then when I get the art back, it could be the same thing as, as like if I personally did the art because I know all the details. I know what it looks like. So it's the same thing. Like basically whenever the printer, say there's like four of us in the office or whatever, whenever the printer comes in the door, he kind of finds out like whose job this is. And then he goes to that person and says, okay, you prove this. So that person pulls up the mock-up, pulls up the notes and says, okay, yeah, this, 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 this. Oh yeah. The customer was specific about this color or this placement. 
and they're like, okay. And then they go out and print the job. So I feel like it's the same thing. It's just, you're kind of the middleman in the information. So. Yeah. I think that sounds like sometimes. notes would be super important. You got to have like, yeah. like you said, like all the notes in the work order. As long as yeah, so how do you, that's... how do you run it? Like, so if you're, you're the artist, you said most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I so. see all the, all the test prints too. So, I mean, I know, like you said, all the details that the customer's talking about, like I'm going to know them. So, but yeah, like scaling up, I'm not quite sure. I mean, for like, I'll be like in Dylan's shoes after a while, but eventually you'll get to your size crew and, I guess you would probably maybe have to have an artist because I mean, unless Dylan or me is always going to be there to like check the test, you know, it's kind of, so I guess it's kind of like a scale thing, like start it off here maybe get to Dylan's stage, get to Andy's stage. Yeah. Having yeah I don't know if, if um, that, that's tough because like Dylan said, I guess it could be the salesperson. You know, they're familiar with those details too, but um there's got to be somebody in the shop at least. And yeah. we just, I, I don't know that ours is a better way to do it. It's just the way that we chose to do it long ago mm -hmm. because we would fuck up a, an order and be like, Oh shit. You know, how do we prevent that in the future? We kind of huddle up and say, what went wrong here? How, how it was this inevitable or could we have caught it? You know, and uh, was it negligence? Where, where did it, what happened? And so we determined that um, we like four people to, to see that proof before we say go. And that's the press um, operator, press assistant, quality control, and the graphic artist because you know so they all in by the time it comes out. <laughs> well, usually we still it still happens, you know, but it's it's, still, yeah. it, it's pretty accurate. And yeah. ultimately, we're gonna fix, we're gonna replace the shirt. Like if something goes wrong, right? Um, even if we sent out a proof and they approved it and it was wrong, we're gonna fix it. And so we just want to reduce that amount <laughs> as much as possible because it's no fun printing yeah. orders. Um, yeah. That's for sure. But I think, um, I don't know. I like the idea of, of sometimes a salesperson because they're also familiar with, with a ton of details, you know, like Dylan mentioned, that's good. Mm -hmm. that's good I think, I think like your method though, of having designers is something like, <clears throat> I don't know if I need five of them, but like, I would like to have one serious one that's, you know, paid really well on staff for just any kind of change or anything design wise. Cause like we might even get art that's from a customer that is, you know, 98% of the way there, but <clears throat> the file isn't as big as it should be. And there's like a couple lines that could be like cleared up or maybe nicer or whatever. It'd be nice to have a skilled designer on staff to like make those fixes. As you can do it real quick. Yeah. Right. Real quick. So like now with my method, the downside is, I need to email to that person and hope that they're on their A game like they normally are, but they could be sick or they could, you know, just be like, fuck you. I don't feel like doing it today. Um, Does that ever hold up your presses or an order? No, not really. Cause like, I feel like it's so early in the process. Cause usually almost all the customers I tell them before we even get to shirt styles or numbers or anything, it's like, let's do the design first. Like that's, I feel like you have to have a design to be like, here's my design. This is how many shirts I want. This is what kind of shirts I want. So usually the design phase is the first thing. Like if they're like, I need them by this day, I usually put them on the schedule to at least like know that it's there. And then we'll work to that goal of getting it done. But I feel like it could go either way. Like you said, I feel like it could be a mix of both. Like have like one really awesome designer or two in, on staff and then, you know, whatever I want them to work on, I can send to them. And then whatever I know is like way, like I'm paying them X amount 
and I know their worth, but somebody might come in with a design that's like way beneath them. I'd rather just farm that out to somebody who's like going to do it for me for like 35 bucks than have somebody sit here and draw it for four hours when they're getting paid like $20 an hour. So mm. I don't know. I feel like it could go either way. Yeah. It definitely sounds nice to have someone, like you said, just like, you're like, you said, like a mixture of both someone to have that can do a quick like revise versus like sending it off again and waiting for it to come back. So, right. You can just go in and smack somebody in the back of the head and be like, Hey, fucking get this done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is what Andy does. <laughs> he seems like a nice guy, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. Like, um, it used to be, um, way more of an asshole. Like I was, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know what was wrong with me, but over the years, um, definitely have calmed down. And, and then, and then this lava bracelet that I got in Sedona, uh, makes all the difference. Very, very calming. Yeah. Yeah. I don't lose it anymore. <laughs> so. You take those like pink crystals and put them on your forehead every night <laughs> for happiness. That's right. <laughs> Seems right. Um, so what's it, uh, did you work this weekend? Or were you, what was up? Did you, um, how busy are you right now? Like, you talking talking to um, no, talking you. You? yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, I work every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working. I work every day. Work every day. day. Like, literally every day. On 100%, eight days a week. Well, you're at the shop now. It's fucking Sunday night. No, yeah, but it's kind of like house, who it's about. My, my house is like 300 feet away. So, I was walking over there. Yeah, I'm on the property, so mm. it's like, I don't know, like, I kind of feel a lot of times, like, okay, maybe I won't work so much, but, like, what else am I going to do? Like, just Netflix or something? I mean, you know, I go out and play tennis lately, but I'm like, I'm still hungry. I want to grow this thing. At least, you know, I want to have, like, a, a full crew and stuff where it's not me always having to do it. So I'm still very much in that grind mode, you know? Yeah. Or like I just where y'all that. were three years or you know when y'all first started in those early years we're in the same we're in the same boat i just had this conversation with grizzly i do the same thing like when i go home print stuff is still my life like it's what i want to do anyway so mm-hmm. it's like these podcasts and stuff it's like i didn't have to do a print related podcast but fuck it's like it's what i want to do is what i want to talk about so yeah. yeah i think when you're on top of so when i started out at the garage you know if you, when i went in for dinner or whatever um, and to take a break, uh, I knew that it was right back out. I literally could just open the door and walk out back, back out to the garage and print some more or do whatever. Then I would find myself doing that. But since my shop is 20 minutes from here where I, where I live, I, I rarely go back at night. And I think that it was great to be able to go back out to the garage and do stuff and fuck around and improve on something or, or whatever. But it's also, um, it's really great to come home and, and leave it behind yeah. at some point, you know, because you sure. uh, come back fresh the next day. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, but I do, I would say though, when I come home it maybe I'm not at the shop, but I'm doing other shit, you know, maybe I'm kind of like what Dylan said. Uh, you know, if you're not, maybe you're, you're, mind. Wrong, you're doing emails or you're writing something mm-hmm. or you're, um, I'm, I get to take phone calls. I get texts. You know, I'm always on the other end of the of the phone for sure for some for certain customers. But 
Yeah. I don't know. I like being able to escape work though. And knowing that it's right there, or that it was right there in the garage. Mm-hmm. I was, I was back out there a lot. Yeah. So. Well, know, the big thing, uh, the big thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, your shop build. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why, A, why did you decide to build something instead of rent something? And then why did you decide to go with a shipping container versus? Yeah, we can, we, can go to the, we can go to the beginning. Okay, good. Uh, so, all right, so like when I first, first started screen printing, uh, this was, I don't know what year, but I was like 20 years old. And um, I, was, I first started selling, I just wanted to make some extra side like money on the side. Right. So my sister at the time was selling um, stuff on Etsy. You know Etsy, right? Like eBay. Um, and she was selling a bunch of like garage sale stuff, like reselling stuff. And she was doing real good. And, uh, one day I came home, I was working retail and going to college and I was like, man, I want to make some extra cash. And she was like, you should, she was like, you should like sell t-shirts on Etsy. Like she showed me some shops and she pulled up some shops that were like really like doing a lot of work. And you could, at the time, I don't know if you still can now, but you can like go to a shop and see their sales and see what they sold. So yeah, it was like clear that, you know, like these shops were selling t-shirts and I knew nothing about like printing at the time, like didn't even know the word screen print, nothing. Um, so of course, like I guess Google YouTube or something came across like Ryan and all his videos, Ryan Moore made it look pretty easy. So I ordered like a bunch of stuff or not a bunch of stuff, but like a press. It was like, I put like 1100 bucks on a credit card and that was like in August and I started selling uh, stuff on Etsy, mainly a uh, Breaking Bad merch because Breaking Bad was like so hot at the time. It was like awesome. so like so it was like a white T-shirt with like Walter White's face or Jesse Pinkman's face, like one screen, like with half tones. Just how do you know how to do white. that artwork for that? That's a good question. Uh, it was so like Photoshop. I messed around with it all through high school, like even like it's probably like three years of just like messing around, having fun because I actually like enjoyed it. So like I was familiar with like the half tones, like so how to achieve that. Making the screen, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of trial and error. It's been so long now, but mm. um, but yeah, as far as like making that artwork, I already was like in Photoshop just because I, I I enjoyed doing that. I took like high school classes on Photoshop. And that's half the so, battle anyway. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think about that a lot now. Like people who are like, getting into the game now, I'm like, man, how do they do their artwork? Like you know, like if they probably can't afford to get it like outsourced and breathe the can. Like, I mean, that, that sounds, that seems like it'd be real hard to like learn Photoshop, you know, right off the bat. Mm, Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. So like that was in August, started doing all that by like that Christmas, like I sold like a ton of Jesse Pinkman t-shirt faces and it was like, like probably like 400 shirts at 20 bucks a pop on there and paid off like my equipment, had cash and PayPal. And like, so that was like my first intro. And then like, the following years, you know, like friends and family, church members, you know, I did shirts like that. So that's how I got into screen printing. So for years, I printed out of like my bedroom, like with a Ryan at like four color one station. So that they even move. I would have to bring the flash over, like to flash like all my colors. This is your um, bedroom, you said? My bedroom, dude. It was like a 15 by 14 tiny bedroom. At your, took out, like, at your parents' house or whose house? Yeah, my parents' house. So you just so, said, hey, like, mom, took, dad, I'm going to put this screen printing press in my bedroom. Uh, it wasn't too and, much conversation with mom, but dad, for <laughs> sure. Like, my dad, you know, like, my dad helped me along the way, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we knocked uh, like a you know, big hole in the wall <laughs> to put, like, the power outlet for the uh, 
for my conveyor dryer. And I mean, he's always like, they've always been super supportive. Yeah. So I took like everything out of my bedroom, like my bed dresser, like I don't even know where, and I slept on the couch in the living room for like three, three years in that house. Dude, that's and, dedication like, right there. Yeah. And looking back, I'm like, <laughs> looking back for real though, I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know like why I did that or like. Yeah, but you wouldn't be, know. you wouldn't be where you're at if you didn't. No, no, I know, but I'm saying like, I didn't even think about it. Like, why am I doing this? Like, I just did it. It was just, right. I went to school and went to work retail. Um, and like this, I just had those jobs and I, I knocked them out. Um, it was a lot of work and there was no AC back there in that room. So when everything came on, you know, I was like sweating. Uh, I put my press on like this, uh, I was like this metal piece that we had like in the, um, I don't know, like in the garage, just like this random thing. I put the, I screwed the press to that. So and I, lo- I, was looking, I was looking at those pictures the other day. I posted on Instagram of my old press and I was remembered like, Oh shoot. I used to, I, I had a step stool cause I'm like short. So I had a step stool every time and I like print and like come down on the step stool, like take the shirt off, put it and like step up, I would step up to print every single right. time because that's how it was built. And like, <laughs> I had totally forgot about that. So not only was I printing in the heat in that back room in Texas, like I was like doing a freaking stairmaster doing it at the same time. Uh, the shop uh, like, you're when you're at now. Uh, do, do you have AC like climate <laughs> control and? Oh yeah, I put like a so like on this wall, like in the actual shipping container. There's like a just like one of those window units that probably uses a lot of electricity. But like in the actual shop where the press sits, uh, there's like a two ton mini split like a real nice one that mm. like is super energy efficient and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's nice in there now. Um, so, oh yeah. Okay. So, so my parents, like my whole life, they always wanted to live in the country and they always wanted their own like land and stuff. So that was always, always on their mind. And finally they just like made the decision. Like, okay. We need to like sell the house and move, like go find property. And they did. So, you know, I had all my equipment there and, so while we were like, while they were looking at other places, like we we're also looking for like some places that had a shop on it or, you know, some kind of like something like where I put all my equipment and still stay printing. And this still isn't even like, I don't even know why it's like, I wasn't even doing it full time. I had like a, I was studying accounting uh, in college. So that was still going to be like my career and stuff. Um, but, you know, we still look for a place. Anyway, they found this property that had no extra shop, no extra space like that but they found it, they liked it, good price, whatever. So it got to like a point like, okay, we really need to put my like equipment somewhere like, you know, in, in the bedrooms there were too small. So, um, at one point and they, they, so they had two mortgages. they like bought the property and still had their old house. So right. they had two mortgages at the time. So we were living out in this property. I would commute back every day to go print, um, in that bedroom. Uh, so, it got to the point it's like, okay, finally cleaned out all the old house. We need to move to this new house. I mean, my dad had said at some point, like maybe a shipping container. I don't know where he saw that idea, honestly. Uh, and I remember thinking, there's no way, like my press probably won't even spin in there. My conveyor jar is not going to fit in there. It was like a small conveyor. And, um, but it got to the point where it's like, okay, we got to get all the stuff out. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. Um, so, I bought this used shipping container for like 2,800 bucks. It was just the metal box. Um, and me and my dad went to town on it. it. Took us like two months though. And looking back, that was, that was like a lot of work and a lot. And we bought like, I think it was like an 
excuse also for my dad to buy all the tools he's ever wanted because mm-hmm. he bought like all the freaking tools. And we, we, it was like a great experience though. We framed it up, put the insulation up, put the panels up, put the electrical in ourselves. Um, we didn't hook it up to the breaker box, but um, electrician did that. Is your dad that in construction that, or something? Um, no, he's just, he's real handy. Dude, that's the same. That's the same with me. Like dad's are the best. Like my dad, basically I hired my dad almost full time last year, like just doing oh, shit wow. around the shop. Yeah. So like he's always built all the rooms. He's like done a lot of like electrical awesome. and everything. Yeah. Like so, I always think about how much my dad has like helped me with. Right. Yeah. That's huge. Things that I, I, I think about it like that a lot too. It's like, man, other people like, how do they, I just have a lot of respect for other people who don't have that help that we had right. still get the job done. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I skipped over a part. I skipped over a part. So, you know, I was like going to uh, college for accounting and that was still going to be my career. And I, and throughout, so through all the college years, I was, I was like building up clientele, just not like even trying just, you know, people knew, you know, you know how it is like word of mouth stuff. Yeah. Um, so I actually had like a decent, like, client base um and i had a job at an accounting firm and I, I worked as a runner for two years there so i just ran errands for them and um when i graduated then i got like a different position where i was actually doing taxes and i had the freaking accounting degree but man during that like tax season me and my friends we goofed off so much like a freaking like pranks and just they didn't work we didn't work at all very very unproductive and uh, so I got let go, but I didn't even see it coming because I was there for like two years. You got let go. Part of the yeah. <laughs> um, part of the deal of you being on this podcast today uh, is that you're going to do Dylan and I's taxes to right. this year. Yeah. <laughs> if y'all want me to, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But it sounds I didn't like you didn't do. But it sounds like you didn't do shit. I uh, yeah, I didn't, man. I didn't. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing your P and L's to make sure I'm running my business correctly. <laughs> For real, uh, no. So, yeah. So I got let go, but they had like it was like I was like an intern, and they had was like six interns, and like they chopped three of us, and that was kind of like a thing they did every year. They always would let go of interns, but I didn't think I was going to let go because I would have been there already for three years. Uh, but I did, so I didn't see that coming at all. Like, uh, so I got let go, and like I said, I had clients by that time, but I still was like, you know, I just studied four years of college. So I was very much in that mindset of like uh, accounting. So I started looking around for some accounting gigs, um, like other local firms, um, and like a month outside, a month after like getting laid off, um, I guess I was talking to my dad one day and he was like, why don't you do like, you know, t-shirts like full time, like just try it, like, you know, give it your best shot, whatever. So I was like, okay. So 2016 was like the first year. And I remember like going deep, heavy into like podcasts, into audiobooks, like really just trying to learn business. Um, and it got me so jacked up. And ever since then, like I've just been like filling my mind with all that stuff. And I think that helps. Like even now, like when things get slow, like just constantly listening to all that stuff, it really gets you, like just keeps you in that mode, like of like growing, growing, growing. Yeah. Um, just listen to Gary Vee for like four hours straight. And then so like, fucking go kill it. <laughs> yeah. So basically, yeah, just listen to Gary Vee and then you're successful. So <laughs> that's, that's, it. that's all it takes really. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's yeah, so that was a story. And then, like, even coming into this container, though, you know, I still only had that four color freaking press with no like stations, just right, like one station. station. And I did that for I think a, a year and a half with that, with that little press, which was rough. 
Um, then I upgraded. Then I got this one big job that was like, I mean, big at the time for me. It was 2,500 shirts, two color or one color front and back with the underbase. Um, and I wasn't going to, you know, knock that out on my, well, honestly, I should have outsourced it. But I wasn't going to knock that out on that one, like, press. So I bought, like, a new press. It was a manual, like, a four-color, six-station. Knocked out that job. Uh, that time of my life is going to be, like, ingrained in my mind forever. How, how were your hands? How were your hands after that? Dude, I, I think about that often. It's like, it was, I had my dad help me. I had my friend, like, friends randomly come in and help me print. And looking back, I can't, I don't know why I did that. Like, you know, if it just got it done in one day at another shop, but didn't think about it at all. I was like, I, I think I was thinking about the money. I was like, and, and that one job did pay off that press. It was like a Ryanette junior press. Um, and I printed on that press for like, I guess two years. And then, and then I had another big job one, uh, 2018. Um, it was like 600 shirts front and back and I, and I had like actual other jobs that and I wasn't gonna be able to like get that job done they needed like inside of a week so I'm getting to how I got an auto so <laughs> that like 600 freaking shirts and they needed it inside of a week it wasn't gonna like I couldn't do it manually um so I called up a shop in San Antonio um ASG I might follow him uh or ASG screen printing in San Antonio anyway I asked him if he could help me I told him I'll bring him the shirts everything and he helped me and that, uh, I went up there to go print with him and uh, man, I was like freaking standing there just loading shirts. It was like the easiest. It was so, it was like blew my mind. I was like, I remember he came in to check on me and he was like, how are things going? And I was like, dude, I could do this for the rest of my life. Like it was like, you know, coming from like years and years of manual right, printing. Right. I'm, a, I'm not even like a big guy. So like manual printing was like a full body all my freaking 115 pounds coming on that squeeze. Like, it was like, it was like a big deal for me. Like it was real hard. Uh, so yeah. So after that, I was like, I got 100% have to like get an auto. Uh, that was September, October. There's like the, uh, ISS show in Fort Worth. So I started looking at like, uh, some presses there or like started talking to like, actually started talking to like the uh, workhorse cause he had a workhorse at the time. Uh, and we were talking and they were going to give me a show deal and stuff like that. But uh, ultimately, like, all the shops I follow, like, you guys, like, I talked to everybody. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go M&R because it was, like, all the shops that I look up to and follow, like, that's all y'all are printing on. So I was like, I'm going to go that route. I think I remember um, you reaching out that uh, when you were making that decision. You didn't, sign, you didn't sign the contract on that yet. And I asked you to, um, I think I said, oh, you know what, who, who you should talk to because he's got one of each. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're like, you're like, mm-hmm. you talk to a Dylan. He has a workhorse mm-hmm. in him and I was like, okay. Yeah. And so I, I talked to Dylan and he was like, yeah, I should have got two MNR or whatever. And I was like, okay, that was it. So yeah. I talked to my like sales rep who's ready, like on my case. And, um, you have Barger, don't you? Yeah, Barger. Yeah. And I remember the time like what let me see what i'm trying to think of what i did revenue wise that year like before like or that i think that year i did like i don't know it wasn't much like maybe 70k that year and i remember thinking like holy crap like they're gonna give they're gonna let me like finance this and that's like i just thought that alone like i didn't think i would ever even be able to get the financing um i don't know why they did and i didn't even have work to fill up that like auto so i still think about that i'm like that was just crazy that they let like finance me that auto 
and ended up working out, ended up playing out because like that next year freaking like 2019 freaking killed it and it would have like okay it could have been the opposite way you know what i mean like i could have got that auto and just been sitting on it and you know you have that drive though up, that's what that's what i that's what i had the conversation with my old man like a lot before i went into it i was like man like i'm doing this full time already like let me do it right you know what i mean and let me just i'm gonna you know go all, all in i'm gonna take a bet like on myself is what i remember telling myself like and it played out it ended up playing out real nice so i'm so happy i did it yeah. i had that same was like, similar experience um getting my uh, the lease for my actually a loan for my first press i went into uh the bank and i filled out the application it was a bank it was like a local bank that we had been where our checking account was and i said hey you know i need this yeah gotta get this press and i, I need a loan and he's like okay well you know, fill out this thing or whatever. And I did. And then I, I went, I left and then he, I got a phone call and he said, Hey, you want to come in and, uh, you know, sign for everything. And I'm like, okay. I went in and I, I swear, I thought like he like checked the wrong box or something. Like how did this even happen? <laughs> yeah. So he's like, yeah good to go. I got in there and he goes, how's the kid? You know, did I made some small talk and boom, I was done. So I was, Jeez. I lucked out because I thought the same thing. Like, why would they ever give me a loan? You know, yeah. I have a couple years tax returns. I'm out of my garage actually at the time. Yeah. So, like, why would they, why would I, how can I get a loan for this? This thing? Yeah, exactly. But um, I did it. Did you, have, did you have the work to fill it up? Like the auto, like were you actually at that point where you're like, I got to make the jump? Yeah. I think um, every time we've bought a piece of equipment, it's been because uh, you know, it's just too painful. Like whatever we're doing, there's a bottleneck and we need to fix something and you can hire people to help with that, I guess, you know, we could have hired a bunch of people and gotten a bunch of manuals, but I didn't want to do that at the time. You know, I thought this is, this is the route because without an automatic, you, you know, your shop completely changes when you get your first autumn. It just does because you can now bid on, you know, thousands of shirts. Like that order you talked about, mm -hmm. a 2,500 shirt order. You do that before can, lunch. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it changes everything, right? You know, and, and it doesn't matter yeah, if it's one yeah. color or four colors or six colors because it all prints the same yeah. time. So a four-color job on, an, on yeah. a manual, you, it would kill you if you had to do, you know, yeah. 2,500. And, and I did that, and I did, like, or and I, yeah, it did kill me. It was rough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember the first time I got the auto, and, I was like, one of my first jobs with the auto was, like, a, a seven-color. And, you know, my press is eight-color, so uh, I remember setting it all up. It was, like, the... Uh, well, the design don't matter, but it was like a seven color. And I remember like just seeing all like the, the arms just all move at the same freaking time. And it freaking blew my mind. And obviously I had seen them like on Instagram and on YouTube and everything, but like to see it and print my job. Turns out that job had a freaking typo and I printed a ton of freaking no. shirts with a typo. Oh yeah, yeah. I wanted, and it's January. It was in January. So you can imagine like how slow January is sometimes. Yeah, dude. And, was the typo oh your fault God. or their fault? Dude, it's always my fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they proofed it. They proofed it. Mm. But, dude, I don't freaking know how to spell. You know, I've had some typos in the past, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty good on it now. But um, when I was yeah, uh, when I was at Terminus, it was like I was just a sales guy there, and it was one of those things like <sighs> some customer came in and I think they wanted like like 600 shirts, but I think it was like a, like a six color front, like a four color back. And they wanted one color sleeve. And I set up the artwork or they had the artwork for the front and back. But the thing that they wanted on the sleeve was like the established date and they didn't have artwork for that. So we're like, Hey, can you like put the established date on? I was like, yeah, cool. So like when I did the art, 
I made the established date, printed all the shirts, like all the fronts, all the back, all that work to get it done. And then like, I totally had a brain fart when I made the established date and I made it the current year, not like the year he established. And it was like big enough where like, you you can't blow that out. So it was like 600 shirts front, back and sleeve all had to be reprinted. And like the owners came in and talked to me, they're like, Hey, yeah. Um, maybe don't do that again. And it was one of those where you're just like, fuck, like I'm yeah, such rough. an asshole. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, well, the thing about these shirts that I did that one type on in January, it was, they were the freaking Bella canvas, like the speckled ones, like with the nice, all the dots. So the shirts were freaking like five something each. They were super expensive. Yeah. And it was in January. So yeah, I remember like wanting to <laughs> throw up when I saw that, but, um, but the auto man, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> That's the thing about... Um, well, the auto made it faster for you to reprint them. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I had other jobs, and my dad had to go to, like, drive to Dallas, like, five hours away, pick up the shirts cause, and bring them because it was, like, a quick turnaround like that. So, yeah, I remember thinking, like, thinking the same thing. Like, I would have never been able to done that with the out and auto. That's the thing about uh, big jobs that people don't, you know, realize necessarily, or even the customer does, you know, because they think, hey, I've got 1,000 shirts or 5,000 shirts or 10,000 shirts, you know. Um, shouldn't I get a better price? But actually, I think after 5,000, the job gets even harder, you know, because there's managing it. There's all of this, the logistics um, logistics of it. You know, you've got to, you know, let's say you have a 10,000 shirt order. First, you just got to buy the shirts. You got to get them in your, you know, on your dock and in your shop and then count them in. You know, you have to to vote somebody or two people if if it needs to get done fast. And then then you print them and you, we always do, when we have an order that large, we always do a, a physical sample. So we don't just do a digital proof. We actually print the shirt and show them the shirt, the shirt you know, the final sample. And so there's that because then we have to set it back up. And, um, mm-hmm. and then there's just the whole process of it. And is, and it's just scary, you know, like if something goes wrong or if you don't, let's say you run out of a color because, you know, I always, <laughs> I'm known to overbuy ink. Like, Hey, Oh, you got PMS, whatever on that, get five gallons. And we only use like two, you know? And so now we've got three gallons of whatever the fuck color for like the next 10 years because I don't want to run out of that color, you know? And so, uh, we're, you know, yeah. when we, we have it a couple times a year where we have this company, this like lumber yard that orders hoodies and they always order like, you know, like three, 4,000 hoodies. Jeez. And it's like, you don't realize how many hoodies, like you see a thousand tees. You're like, okay, that's like a skid and a half. Oh, right. But a hoodie is like every 25 hoodies is a box. So it's like, dude, that's a lot of fucking boxes. No freaking room. That's so it's like, that's, my container. that's the hard part is like, we'll put two skids on one side of the dryer because there's two presses. So we'll put two skids, do all the fronts, do all the backs, ship those two skids, bring two more skids over from the other side, do front and back, ship those out. And it's like, it's just the logistics. It's just the hard part. And it's like, you don't think about that when you take the order. You're like, oh yeah, we'll do it. But the other thing too, like yeah. Andy was saying is like, customers don't realize they could have a thousand shirts and they're like, okay, it's just a thousand shirts. But what if it's front and back and sleeve? That's really 3000 shirts because yeah. I mean, in a printer's mind, he has to print them three times. So it's like the logistics of like, all right, what do you do? Do you just stack up all the shirts after the front and then take those and do the back? Or do you do, you know, I'm sure you boxes. do now though with your two presses. Like we run it, we'll run fronts on one press and backs on, backs the, other. on the other. Yeah, we've done now, that if you before. Have a, I mean, if it's sleeve, then um, that's an issue. Now we have three and we can pull that off. But before right. on those quick turns, like we used to do during a playoff or something like that, if they ever stuck a third location, 
I would tell, I would be like, no, don't, you know, yeah. no, that's the worst thing you can possibly do because, <laughs> yeah. you know, now all of a sudden, what, what, do, what do we do with that third location? And so it's just two locations okay. is, is huge. I feel like it's always the colleges or whatever that, are, that call you after the order's place and they're like, how much more is it to add a sleeve? And I'm like, I'll actually give you a discount if you don't do a sleeve. <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> you got to change pallets and all this shit. You know, it's like I said, the thing is, but, you'll think about is like if you have that many shirts and you have to do multiple locations, it's like, all right, do I stack them or do I take, like, do it by box where like they print a whole box, fold the box, put it back in, stack the boxes back up on a skid. No one when they're ready. So to much do the more bags, time. Yeah. Take those all to the box again. Do the other side, and it's like that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize in the cost. They want. They think, okay, I'm getting ten thousand shirts. The, you know, the cost should be way cheaper than if I got a hundred shirts. And it's like, it is definitely cheaper, but it's not that much cheaper because there's so much more man hours and like just moving shit around. So like we do so many sleeves and yeah, every freaking time I'm like, God dang, like it's, it's rough. Cause like they're so small. You gotta get the details right. No, it's, sleeves are rough, but I don't know. I'm always like, yes, 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 yes. To the customers. So. I don't know, like probably doing it more and more and more and like you get better at it. So No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, sleeves suck. Like uh, we, we definitely do sleeves and we do a lot of sleeves, but that's like one thing I've been really working on a lot is like and I've been working a lot back and forth with like action engineering on like figuring out a really good sleeve because on the M and R, like before if you had a single sleeve palette, you would have to stretch it over the arm. So like with these like Bella canvas, extra smalls, smalls, even mediums sometimes, it's like, I feel like you're stretching the sleeve to put it on. So it's like yeah. Action came out with that with that uh, hinge palette. And then now they have that new one where it's like the extra strong, like dual palette. And we just got that from them. So we're going to try that out. But it's just one of those things like you want to make sure, like you we could always do it on the single palette and be like, yeah, this is fine we can get away with it, but I don't want to get away with it. Like, I don't want, I want to make sure that the print is perfectly smooth. Not nothing stretched out. Like that kid's not going to wear his small long sleeve and one looks like super hulked out. because he got stretched out and the other one's like normal. It's like, yeah. And now you get to buy a 16 pallets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For your, a, for your gauntlet three. Fucking. That's not much money. And yeah. It's only like, you know, like five grand, <laughs> six grand. <laughs> Um, I saw Actions coming out. Uh, they're really working hard on this different mask palettes. Yeah. Love it. Dude, they came out with those fast. Like, I was impressed. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I mean, the whole mask thing happened and a lot of people were making masks. But you got to think, like, the engineering of being, like, like, figuring all that out and coming out with a product that fast to be like, hey, here's these, like, custom palettes that print masks. Mm -hmm. um, Have you done a lot of masks, Jonathan? I've done zero, man. Uh, yeah, me too. Do it, but I'm not. I'm not like I don't know. There's like I need it. I feel like I need to uh, for sure. But then I'm like on the other end. I'm like I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. It's you an ethical thing too. <laughs> is it for me? It is like I mean I feel like you can print masks and it is what it is. But I kind of feel like in the back of my mind I'm kind of weirded out about like selling things that people are like buying because they're scared. But it's also like a lot of states now are requiring masks to like go in places and everything. So I feel like that's that's the only thing for me that's saving them is to be like, all right, I guess like if you have to buy a mask, but I feel like it was too quick for so many companies to be like, hey, you can buy you can buy masks for me and you can like fully decorate them and all this stuff. And it's like, I get that you're slow and you want to sell masks to like make money, but it, to me, it's kind of weird. I don't know. It is what it, 
don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I've seen the ones that I freaking like a lot that look good that I think like I would want to put out. I mean, not them doing anything anyway, but the ones that really look good are the uh, ones that have been like dye sublimated. I think those like actually yeah. look really sharp with an actual like sewn together. So I don't know. I still kind of want to look into it, but uh, I don't know. I don't. Have you had any customers ask for some? Like, reach out and say, "Hey, can you show two, two? two? Yeah, but I don't have like the kind of customers I have. But yeah, I've had a couple. I've had. I, I actually had a customer that we're probably going to end up doing them for. Uh, it's like one of our really good customers. But again, it's that it's that reason where they're like, we're obligated by law to like provide masks for our employees. Well, face coverings. So I was like, originally I told him no. I was like, I don't really want to do these. Um, but then he kind of was like, please. And I was like, fuck. All right. Like just for you though. But like I, I agree with you. Like I feel like the ones that actually look good that like would be really good are the ones where people are like marrowing the edges, putting on bands. Like, but I feel like a lot of those you need those action palettes to like do them correctly. Yeah, we'll see. I've got, um, it was LAT, I think. Um, I've got some on the way um, next week to print for a customer. The ones we printed already were for, uh, it was a contract job and it was the Bella Canvas ones and I'm not mm -hmm. a fan. Yeah. But those are really easy. You just put those right on your palette. You didn't need a special palette for those. That's definitely the bonus to that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what um, are you working on, Jonathan, right now? Are you like pushing any new marketing, anything? just to get your regular sales back up or? Uh, no, I'm definitely not put, putting anything out, but I am creating stuff like, um, like, you know, like you're scrolling on Instagram or ad hit you, like some of those ads like actually like stop you, like cause they're good ads. Right. Uh, so I have like a, a folder that I save like all my ads that caught my eye and try to recreate later. So whether it's like a video or, you know, the ones that really work are like the videos that like have like a border coming in or a white border coming out or something. So I've been looking at those like posts that I, and I have like a ton of freaking posts that I saved. Uh, so I've been recreating some of those uh, for success print shop. Um, and you'll put money on that, you mean, in Instagram? So you're going to uh, do sponsors? Actually, actually, but, but no, also just for some formal posts. Okay. For on the other side of all this, um, on the other side of all this, I'll have like a bunch of like I guess marketing material that I can start putting out. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I kind of knew that yeah, too. Like, I, mean, I just go through like Instagram or anything really. I anytime I'm looking at anything, I'm always always looking on my phone. And anytime I find something cool that's like gives me some inspiration, I always screenshot it instead of rather just being like, "Oh, I'll remember that later." I always screenshot it and then yeah. email it to myself. And then on my desktop, I have like a stuff to do folder and it's just like nothing but like yeah. inspiration for like shit to make later. Okay. You know, on, you can bookmark stuff on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I have like my bookmark things and I have like a whole like marketing to do's and it's just like posts that I thought that looked real sharp, came out real yeah. cool. Like this Kanye one, <laughs> like that's cool like, like it's like all blacked out you know what i mean it's just faded in there i mean that catches your eye you know what i mean yeah so it's gonna be a picture uh, of you just like that yeah <laughs> i think i think i'll sell i buy it uh, yeah. <laughs> coffee you gotta save the coffee ones if they look good <laughs> but you know yeah, what I mean? dylan like, just, uh, I got those in dylan's thing is tea i think he drinks um like Dude, a five gallon of tea. tea yeah 
for yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I drink a shitload of unsweetened iced tea. The funny thing is, is I today I like mowed my lawn and I like was cleaning my garage and I always have like like Wegmans makes like a black iced tea bottle and I usually have like a shitload of them all over the place. Well. I was in the garage cleaning and I ended up grabbing one that I thought was a current one, but it was probably like fucking three years old, like half drink. And I like opened it up and took a swig and I was like, and it luckily it didn't happen this time, but it's happened before too, where I did the same thing. But like, because it sat there for so long, there was like a thick film in the bottom that like slid into my mouth. And I like, I never gagged so hard because it was just like this like algae thin, like slime that came out. So <laughs> what's the brand what's the brand of tea you drink that I need to look into uh, I usually drink like like I said I drink the Wegmans one but like my favorite iced tea is Dunkin Donuts iced tea just like unsweetened iced tea um, but like I drink like the Pure Leaf ones I think they are oh, yeah. um, I can't remember what the other one is basically anything that's just like a like an unsweetened like natural iced tea like no added anything just like you literally fucking took water and dunked some leaves in it but everybody uh, around me we always call it dirt water because everybody always wants sweet tea and i don't want anything sweet i just want like basically tea leaves and water joanne drinks this uh, uh herba mate or however the fuck you say it i can't say it right you know what it is no i always said herba mate but it's not that at all <laughs> but it's it's something and it has um it's kind of like drinking coffee it has a lot of caffeine in it's it. definitely way fancier sounding than herba mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah dude we went and to uh <laughs> we went to uh disney and like we went to the uh what is it there? The Beauty and the Beast one where like they're kind of speaking French or whatever. Well, the dude at the door like works for Disney and he was like, oh, bonjour or whatever. And the dude in front of us was like super just like Southern, like didn't give a shit. And he was like, bonjour. And he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me of your herba mate. Like he's just like, no, this is what it is. Like, I don't care. Like no fancy, just fucking yeah. bonjour. Mm. <laughs> Andy, what are you drinking? Do you just drink coffee? You still drink coffee? I know you gave it up. I did more, give right? it up. I did give it up for, I, I did a reset. So gave it up for like 30 days. And I, I, I think I was going to go longer, but I don't know what it was. And I had, I just had some again. Um, I think one I day or whatever. I think I know what it was. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah. What was it? The nitro cold brew. Exactly. Yep. I just remembered. <laughs> so I went and met, uh, uh, a friend of mine for coffee or just to talk to him, not for coffee, just say, Hey, let's go, let's meet up. And I met him at Starbucks and he got this nitro cold brew. I was like, what is that? You know? And so I got one and that was it. It was over. Which by the way, I haven't had in a really long time because they're, spark- they're all closed. By, uh, they're all- uh, Starbucks is closed. I don't know if they're open okay. now by you. Or- I, think, uh, I said Starbucks say is closed uh, where we are. So I haven't had forever. Not even for drive-thru? What's that? Oh no. Yeah. Not even for drive-thru. No. Yeah. yeah. We're open. Ours is open, but I think it's like weird hours. Like me and my, uh, we tried to go the other day and it was like, I think they closed at like 4 p.m. Hmm. I was like, that was really weird. I was driving by today and they said, um, uh, there was a sign outside that said coming soon. So I have a feeling they're going to reopen. So Missouri, tonight at midnight, our, our stay at home uh, expires. Really? So, yeah, we're, what are we? We're three hours away from... It's open. Like it's not even, you know, there's still social distancing and everything. You still have to wear masks, right? 
Mm, not like drive. No, not going around anywhere. I think maybe like, in grocery stores or something like that, but not at, uh, not in like, I would be surprised if like New York opens this year. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, it's just so weird is that you, where you are in New York is so different than, you know, the boroughs yeah. or something. So yeah. how can it be the same? That doesn't, it yeah, doesn't exactly. make sense. Yeah. Is yours like a partial open, like we're at 25% capacity or something like that? Or is it like... Right. Um, yeah, I think it's something like that. Um, you know, but the, it used to be a uh, max of 10 for us. And so we've been running like that. Uh, the past two weeks, there's been 10 people, but um, now we can have more. And so I called um, uh, one person back on Thursday. Nice. Um, so, um, and then also we've had some work at home. So there's going to be... Tomorrow there's going to be 12 of us, but we have actually 14. There's going to be two work from homes and 12 at the shop tomorrow. Dang. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it feels uh, good, you know, to, yeah, to be able to, you know, have a couple more people because we're literally, we're just scraping by, you know, it was, it was tough. It was harder than really it's ever been because you have 10 people trying to do the work of more than that. And it's been stressing some people out. So yeah, we have to print, we're doing our, um, support store on I think I guess when the shirts come in on on Monday morning so we'll start probably in the afternoon and go through Tuesday because there's 74 setups <laughs> so it's all one color which is good but oh, still nice. that'll be fun dude that'll be good mm. everybody back in, in the groove of it all mm -hmm. yeah for sure how do you think uh like your location affects your sales like do you do a lot of local stuff or you try to do like anything and everything online are you, who are you talking to? Jonathan. Oh, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm trying to add you. Um, yeah, no, a lot of it's, a lot of, most of it's local. Probably like, probably like 90, maybe 85, 90% of our stuff is local. So, uh, I haven't done too much on sale, like outside of like the state or outside of town, I guess. But um, actually, Dylan, I mean, that's a question for you, dude. I, I, like, I think about you a lot because I know you're like in a small, small town. And like everything's online for you, and yes. your YouTube—I mean, your um, Instagram following is massive. And like that dude's like in the same like small town for like, like so I'm outside of my bigger town. Of so like the town I'm in is like 400 people, and then right. like, the bigger town's like 100,000 people. So it's still pretty small. Like I mean, how do you get all those people? I mean, I've never been in business for. <laughs> He's a baller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those designs. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, there's like a thousand people in my town. So yeah. if I at all tried to be like a local shop and do nothing but local, we wouldn't be any like I would be in like like when you started in my bedroom, like it wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't amount to anything. The problem is well, not the problem is, but like the the thing I got lucky with is when I started doing uh, this industry at all was when MySpace first started. So. I grew up business wise with social media. Like as soon, like I feel like MySpace was like social media started basically. Like you had friends and the nice thing about back then is you could message anybody. So I was also in a band too. And it was kind of like, if you wanted to contact another band or a venue or anybody to get a show or do anything, like you just send them a message. So like when I started selling shirts and everything got rolling with that, it was the same mentality of like, I want to work with that guy. So you fucking send him a message. 
I think the most important question is uh, what song did you have playing on your MySpace page <laughs> when you landed there? Dude, I don't even know if I ever did that. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a weird dude. I know. He's like, he's like, you don't, don't want to say remember, it. Dude. Dude, that's so long ago. He's like, oh, I don't want to say it, but it was that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to say it like that. Dude, it's, my, it's, probably, it it. it's probably my girl Celine Dion, if anything. <laughs> Voice of the Angel. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, dude. Like, it was, it's always been that way. Like, it's always been, you know, just you hit people. You don't like, like, not like a weirdo, like hitting people up, being like, hey, wash shirts, hey, wash shirts. It's kind of yeah. like, find a niche that you're already into, you know, for us, it was bands. Like we were in a band. So like we knew how to speak band. So it was like, Hey, I, I print stuff, you know, I can get it to you in this amount of time. I can drop ship it to the venue. Um, so on. And then you build a relationship and then that band tours with all these other bands and they tell, you know, it's the snowball, it's the virus of yeah, like for sure. word of mouth. And then eventually you get to the point where you're doing, X amount of vans and then you have a lot of work and then eventually you do it all over again with another niche that you're interested in. You're like, okay, you know, let's do carpentry. And then you just fucking snowball into that. And then that's what I feel like right now we're kind of like, we have like 10 niches that we're all super into. So we hit those pretty hard. But like I said, it's never, it's never like intense cold calling or getting in people's faces. It's literally always, like this, like we're talking, it's always a conversation. I think that's so, what's so great about Instagram um, is because we do the same things. So we'll uh, message somebody and say, Hey, uh, really love your pizza. Uh, would you be interested in some sort of collab? And um, it's as easy as that. You know, you don't, um, right. if you're trying to sell them, then, then mm -hmm. they know that and they recognize it just like people try to sell us. But if you just mm -hmm. say something as simple as love your stuff and we're interested in some sort of collab, I mean, usually well, we get a response and say, well, yeah, sure. What are you talking about? And so then we meet, you know, we'll, we'll chat because, right. um, yeah, it's never cold calling, like trying to close somebody, you know, it's never yeah, that. that no, I don't feel like, I don't feel like that method really works much anymore. Um, I don't know if you guys ever found or like researched into this at all, but like the dream 100, you're, hmm. you're that or do that. Sounds, that that's like, familiar. that's kind of like how I've always done it. And then I found like basically books and people talking about dream 100 that was like, Oh shit, that's kind of what I already do. But like, they gave me more tips and information on how to do it. But basically they say it's like dream 100, but you basically come up with your like ideal or dream yeah. customers. And then the same thing, like it's people, you know, already it's people that are into what you're into and then you make that list and then, okay, like say you follow them on Instagram, we don't fucking like follow them on Instagram and then hit follow and then immediately send them a message. Be like, Hey, I love what you do. It's like, dude, obviously they just saw you fucking follow them like two minutes ago. Yeah. Like follow them. You know, if they have podcasts, listen to their podcasts, like take it a couple months. Like it's not something that has to happen instantly, but like go through the motions. It's not even the motions. It's stuff that you like already. You, know? you authentically yeah. like them. You authentically like this person. You like yeah. their posts. So it's sure. the same thing, like, like their post, if they have a con like a thing, comment on it and whatever. And then eventually something might pop up where you see a post where they're like, Hey, you know, I'm looking to do a fundraiser or, Hey, I, I need new merch or whatever. And then that's your in. It's like, you send them a message mm -hmm. and you're like, Hey, I really love what you do. 
Uh, I own a print shop and I would love to, you know, work together with you. It's never like, Hey, I'd love to print shirts. Do you want to buy shirts from me? Like Andy said, it's like, Hey, do you want to collab on this? Like I would be all fucking about this because Mm -hmm. I love what you're about. I love the kind of design that's going to be and so on. And then that's always the genuine answer. And they're always just like, hell yeah, let's work together. So I feel like that's how we've gotten so many things is we just kind of like hit up those people. And that's the thing too. It's, it's always the rule of like, when you first start, you're like, you hit up a hundred people, you might only hear back from like 20 people or 15 people. And you're, you're kind of like, Oh, why did I hit up that many people when I only got 10 responses? But those 10 responses turn into 10 more responses, which turn into 10 more responses. Have you ever followed somebody? Um, and then, you know, a month later, you see they get shirts and you're like, ah, yeah, fuck, you know, and you're, I, that happened to me the other day too. And I was just kind of like, fuck, why didn't I mention them or say anything to them already? But it, I mean, it is what it is. You win so you comment on their shirt post and you say that shirt's garbage. Yeah. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's, that's oh, hey, you that? that's gross. Yeah. Everything yeah. you just said, like literally I did that, uh, specifically, specifically on a large job, like last year. <laughs> Um, for like years and years I've listened to I don't know if you, y'all listen to the bigger pockets podcast it's just about like real estate investing and I, I just like yeah real like, estate investing no 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 it's like <laughs> they give you a lot of business tips aside from real estate yeah yeah no, I'm, not, I'm not in real estate yeah. at all but uh-huh. I've listened to it for like years I can see your bluetooth hanging out of your ear <laughs> <laughs> yeah I gotta yeah I gotta take this call and uh anyway I read they had like their first conference coming up and they're like mm. a big like uh, podcast and they had their first conference coming up here so I reached out and said like it was like a long time listen or whatever uh, and I ended up like landing a 1200 piece order like with them and I just straight up yeah. did exactly what you said like I followed them and uh, they had this conference coming up it was their first one I reached out like straight up emailed and they were like yeah give us a quote and played out so yeah everything you just said is like very very accurate yeah, that's what I mean. You might find people that you kind of like in like television or whatever. And then you ne- you think like, I'm never going to have a chance to talk to this. They're never going to respond. And then it's that like, you miss every chance you don't, you know, try to take kind of thing. Yeah, and it's, it's like, already a no. Yeah, yeah. Like you just send them a message and if they get back to you, fucking awesome. Like there was one like we did probably a couple of years ago now, which is that this bar saves lives like that. You probably see them in like Starbucks and stuff now, but like Kristen Bell owns that company. And, uh, same thing. I sent him a message and I was like, I think I had a bar one day at Starbucks or something. And I was like, Oh, I really like this. And then I hit him, I sent him a message and they like hit me right back. Like the next day, I think. And we're like, yeah, we want to get, you know, what's a quote on this. And the best thing you can do is be like really quick to like get back to them. And it was like, right. they sent me, they sent me a message and we're like, Hey, we really want to get shirts, but we're not, we don't really know exactly what we want. And the first response I had was, yeah, I'll send you some samples. Uh, what's your address? So I picked a couple like Bella's next levels, you know, stuff that I knew was really good. Literally put it in a mailer, like ordered it that day, got it the next day, mailed it out priority. They got it in three days from our conversation in like California from where I am. And they were like fucking blown away. Cause they were like, you hit us up, you took care of our needs. Exactly. Showed it, like gave us actual physical samples to hold. And then you're now like ready, like, okay, here, what's the artwork? Here's the price. And you're like, okay, cool. I can have you on the schedule in a week. Yeah. You, make you know what I mean? Like frictionless. Yeah. You basically took care of all of their needs right then and there. You didn't have to, 
you didn't have to wait for them to be like, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? You kind of, you know, like you print, you know, the steps, you know how it goes. Mm -hmm. So you should initiate that first. You should be like, you know, let's, what's your artwork? Oh, you don't have some, let's figure that out for you. Okay. Here's the brands I recommend. Cause a lot of people are like, do you have a catalog? And it's like, I don't want to give you a fucking catalog because I don't want you to pick obscure items that I don't know anything about or how they print or if they bleed or whatever. And I'm just kind of like, Hey, we've been doing this a long time. This one works really well. Let me send you just some samples in your size. You don't have to send them back. Like if you like them, keep them, wear them. You can have that blank forever. I don't care. Um, and then they're usually like, I love this. What colors does it come in? And then get their artwork, print it and go. And then again, like you just, not only did you just catch that big whale that you were trying to get, but now you made a good impression on them and they have a shitload of friends too. So yeah. now they like with Instagram, it's nice because you're like, Hey, you know, when they get that shirt, they usually end up posting about it in stories or posting about it in a thing. Not like necessarily like, Hey, I got this shirt, you know, upstate did it. But even if they have a picture of like, like the show, some of the shirts we did, like Kristen Bell had them on and it was just kind of like, they did a thing with like the bar. And like, all I did was like, take that photo, post it on my Instagram. And then people are like, Oh, well, if they print for that company, they must do good work. Then like you get more work almost, and yeah. you just fucking keep going back and forth and back and forth. And then eventually you end up working with all the niches you want to work with. You know, I want to basically get to the point. I don't want to be that company. that's like, I have 35 autos and I have this. I just want to have the best equipment I can have in my space most efficiently and do all the jobs I want to do. And then when the customer calls, that's a pain in the ass. I can be like, yeah, I don't have time for that. Or yeah. I don't want to do that. And then I'm just doing the shit I want to do. Yeah. So you're pretty much the, you're the size you want to be. Right. I don't really want to be any equipment bigger. Wise. Equipment Jonathan, wise. how about you? Uh, well, so I don't know. Like, I feel like, I mean, like right now in my mind, but I don't know. Cause you know, I don't know what I don't know, but I feel like I want to get as big as I can right now. Obviously I'm only one auto, but I want to get big. Um, but I might. What's defined big? Right you mean like, Five presses, like, ten presses. No, or anything. well, yeah, okay, yeah, good question. Like, probably, like, yeah, but I mean, maybe in the three press range. But like, I'm talking like a kid. I don't know what the freak I'm talking about. You know what I mean? So it's no. so hard for me, right? Right now, I want to get big and, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know how big. When I first uh, started, I wanted to be the biggest shop in the country. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be the largest, number one. Like they used to publish, maybe they still do, but it's the top 100 or whatever. I want to be the number one shop. But then over time, that changed, and it was like, nah, I just want to be maybe 10 presses, and then nah, five, and then now, or even a few years ago, I was like, I'm cool with two. I'll never have more than two. And then um, last year, I said, okay, we need, we just need one more. Because that would, that would solve a lot of problems. You know, that would, whenever we have that overflow, even if we don't turn that press on every day, that third press, we could at least turn it on yeah. when, during those days that are just nuts. And the so key for that though, is to be able to be like, it's paid for. True. The oh, problem yeah. with the big shops that have like, you know, 20 autos is not only, they're, they're not all paid for, they owe on them. So when something like this Corona thing happens and they have fucking 300 employees and bills, it's super terrifying. And those shops go away quick because they can't pay the bills. But the other thing is too, is like, I know enough like big shop owners where I always ask them that question of like, when were you the happiest? And almost all of them are like, Oh, back when we had like two or three autos, you know what I mean? We had like 10 employees or 15 employees 
And now they, like you said, they have like, oh, we have 200 employees. It's like anything that happens or any lull in business, I feel like you would instantly go white in your hair because you're like, yeah. how the fuck am I going to come up with payroll? Yeah. Well, plus the, the culture changes. And so right. the culture, when you have 10 or 15 or 20, 25, um, there's a certain culture, but then all of a sudden you have 200, 300 and everything changes. You know, I mean, I've never had 200, 300, but I've been places like that. And you can just tell I, I lost control it. Um, we were above 25 once and I'm like, this is just too many people. And so how can we get it done with less, you know? And I like the, I like where we were at six weeks ago. That was a good number, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, now with uh, there's 14, you know, with plans I'm bringing, you know, almost, I guess everybody back. So it's just, who knows when, right? So how do you, I feel like every shop is different and you're going to have your own needs and you're going to have your own thing. Like if you end up with five, six autos, like you want, you might have perfectly good reason and you might have great employees and it works out for you. So I feel like there's no magic number. There's no like, I'm right because I say, I want to have my shop the size I want it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, how does it work for you? It's the same reason why. Yeah. I would say that's accurate. Yeah. I feel like it's the same thing with people with like shop management software or something. And it's like, Oh, this one's definitely the best one on the market, whatever. It's like, it's totally different from one guy to the next guy. It's like, how do you flow this? How do you normally do this day to day? And it's like, I feel like there's no right answer. It's just kind of like whatever works for you. Yeah. And I've heard a lot like from other shops and like also listen to like the other industry podcasts and yeah, so like, like you said, everybody has like their own whatever they want, um, and so I'm just like, we'll see, we'll see how big it gets, but I'm not. There's no like you said, there's no like magic number, so we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how big it gets, um, or how small it stays. <laughs> there's there's somebody uh, right down the road from you that has this like one of the biggest shops in Texas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard he does. Andy. <laughs> yeah, they do like 1,500 screens a day or something. A day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same yeah. like that like two auto reclaims and mm-hmm. yeah i think they got like what is it, like 12 pet presses i think they just got 12 I don't but, know. Um, yeah yeah, so, yeah i mean that's scary know. for me same here yeah, yeah i guess it, i mean you're exactly right it's just what makes you happy do you want to be a manual you know in a in a shop and put out that kind of work or do you want one auto two autos or, or 10 and so right. and we'll you may, sometimes you don't know until you do it you know you may have 10 autos and you're like fuck this and so you you downsize, you know, mm-hmm. who, who knows? So, well, one of those things too, is some of those mm-hmm. shops, they grow so big because they get one or two really big accounts. Mm-hmm. They might be like, Oh, we work for Nike now. And they add like fucking five autos and like all these employees. And then one day Nike's like, I don't like you. And they just don't work with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. what do you do with all those presses and all those employees? Right. Yeah. It's like, that's why for me, I had this conversation the other day with Grizzly, but I don't think it ended up making it on the podcast was kind of like, because of the fact that I'm not local and I kind of deal with everything all over the place is like, if I accidentally like fuck something up or make, have a bad customer, it doesn't screw me in my area. You know what I mean? Like I just Mm. keep dipping all over the place. Like I have with your reputation. Right. I mean, like we always try to fix everything and do everything the right way. I'm just saying that like locally, if I was just doing local and some big business locally came in and ordered something and you know, sometimes there's just people you can't please or something bad happens and it's just, you know, whatever. But like, I feel like that guy could spread bad news throughout the town so easily and like drop your business. 
I feel like for me, I'm kind of proof from that. Like I don't have, like if somebody has something bad in that area, it's like, I still have the rest of the fucking country. Like I can move around. So that's why I kind of, why I was asking about, are you local or are you all over the place or whatever? You get people and say, like for me, like all the way across the United States, it's like, well, I can go to some guy local. Well, I can be like, well, I can actually, I'll absorb the shipping cost. So I'm actually closer than that guy because my box will arrive on your doorstep and you have to go pick your order yeah. up from that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sure. kind of like that whole distance thing doesn't matter anymore. It's kind of like... Went out the window. Right, yeah. like you can't argue with me that I'm not near you when I'll have the same, if not better, turnaround than somebody else and mm-hmm. I can have it delivered right to your door. Yeah. So that's kind so of you were like... Asking, uh, when we first first started, you asked me about like not getting a building with rent and stuff. And I've thought about it a lot lately, like if I eventually do want to go into the town, but I'm kind of, I, I think I made a decision. I don't think I really need to. I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, there's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want, I don't know if the foot traffic would be enough to like make up for the rent. You know what I mean? Like, it won't be. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm going to definitely stay out here and just keep building on the property. But Right. It's like where me, where I am is there's actually like a bunch of bigger cities around me and people are always like, oh, you should get an office in the city or whatever. And it's like, why? Like I have enough of a reputation now that I can kind of go anywhere and ship anywhere. And I Mm -hmm. own my building. It's paid for like, Mm -hmm. why add rent? And then you're fighting to make enough profit to cover that rent plus make money. And it's like, I think that, um, I think what makes sense is if you're, so if you're just starting out, the idea of if you're going to start, start in the town where you have that exposure because it'll accelerate your growth. I think that if you are um, into it, far enough into it, like you guys are now, the answer is probably just to stay where you are. Cause just like Dylan said, you know, he's got, he's built up this base and this reputation that it's just sort of this word of mouth thing already that he doesn't need that exposure. You know, we have, uh, we have exposure at our location. So um, yeah, you're, um, you're definitely the expert on that way more than I am because you're in the city dealing with local. Yeah. But I don't know your guys. I don't know what it's like to be in a small town, you know? And so, but I can imagine if I, if I had to just play, now, just play some John Mellencamp, small town. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just think that if it's more of where do, are you going to start? Like if you've already started and you've already, you already have the work, then it's going to be hard to justify saying, Oh, I'm going to move my whole business, you know, to this other, to this location in the city, pay rent, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense for you anymore. Whereas initially, um, well, really there was no choice. There's no small area around here. You know, you just kind of, just kind of open up shop. But I mean, I guess there's, there's locations that aren't as, doesn't have the, don't have the exposure. But when we started and I can't, I, I, um, I went back and forth. We were going to move maybe three years ago or expand. And I decided to, to stay. We were so rooted in, you know, when we had everything, uh, there we were established. People knew we were, and the idea of moving, uh, I did, I hated, I hated that idea. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. That's, um, we have, we have a lot of, uh, we get a lot of work because of we're, we're visible though. So I hate you say you're like on a, you're like on a highway or freeway or something like that. that um, gets a not, lot of traffic. not a highway, but we're on a road that gets where I, before we, I signed the lease, when I was looking at spots, I, um, I sat out front of our, of the shop that we're at now and I counted cars 
And so <laughs> you would. <laughs> I did. I did. I want to know how many cars because I want to know the daily car count, you know, and I took it and I said, okay, well, there's this many in a minute or then I would watch for half hours and I, I eventually just watched for a whole hour and I tried to figure out, well, what are, what are the, I mean, is it busier at 9am or 12 or five or what? And so, um, you know, that exposure is, is a big deal for us, mm. for our type of work. The big question is, um, do you have like those car dealership blow up guys that like wave their hands up in the air? Yeah. I need those, need right? Yes, now, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but like, it's, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird now though. It's everything's potentially could change, you know, as yeah. far as people come in in the shop and, people have been still, we just, um, you know, we have curbside pickup. So I don't know, you're talking about shipping everything. That's how, that's what we changed to. We made this first, we were just setting boxes out on the curb and then every once in a while there'd be a <laughs> like bag. We just, yeah. Like set a bag out on the curb. Cause people yeah, were like, oh. the window. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was, it was weird. But uh, then we're like, well, wait, there's a bag sitting out on our front parking lot. This doesn't make sense. And so, we made this cart that had put a sign on it. So nice. It looks normal. People like people like driving by throwing their cash out the window, <laughs> you know, like throwing the boxes in the window. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Like I hate yeah. people call and they're like, Hey, so are you guys open? And I, and I, you know, I start to go into my spiel, but I, I hate saying that I hated saying that. No, actually we're not, you know, you can't come into our, to our shop and never in my wildest dreams would I ever imagine telling somebody that, no, you can't come here and, and place an order. You know? yeah. I got one last question got, for you. Yeah, man, I'm good. Uh, you were talking earlier about uh, like social media things that you like to save and look up to and everything else. Do you have any for people listening, like, like things that show you inspiration <laughs> that's not necessarily screen printing or even screen printers that are kind of like things uh, you like to look for? Don't even say oh, casinos because then all of a sudden I know all of a sudden you're laundering money. You've got real estate. You've got the shop. Oh, you know. Dude, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the drug cartel to come up to me and be like, <laughs> hey, let's launder money. So I could just stop. Um, I mean, like some cool shops. Like now that I'm seeing some stuff here. And I mean, well, like screen printing related, um, like Uber prints, y'all follow them or no? Yeah. They take some cool photos. I like their stuff. Um, Dude, speaking of good photos, uh, check out Apparel Graphics. I feel like they always okay. take like, crazy good photos. Like, there's a couple shops that me, like I find inspiration from as far as like printing wise, but there's definitely certain shops uh -huh. that have like specifics in like the way they take photos or the way they take video. Like Andy's really good about like taking specific styles of video. You take very specific styles of video. I feel like with your kind of camera yeah, movements just, and stuff. I'm inspired by Andy. <laughs> you, too. You, put some good, you put some good stuff too out for sure. Yeah, but and yeah, I'm not yeah, doing fucking crazy true. aerobatic moves when I'm taking video on my press. Okay. <laughs> Did you have a drone or <laughs> something down there? Oh, once, once I put it above and then I freaking sent it into my little 10 foot ceiling. I was like, oh, I'll never get freaking <laughs> chopped up to the foam and stuff. But, uh, well, it's yeah. like Juan at, uh, Squeegee Prince, he's been oh, riding a skateboard Prince, around. Yeah. Oh, is that how Dude, he does that? that guy, yeah, he rides a skateboard around the prize and takes so a video. Cool. Like, we met that guy, I met him like at Long Beach, but like now that like I know him and like I follow him a little more, like, man, that guy is so cool. He's freaking always like strumming it up on yeah. the guitar or whatever it is and like skating every chance it looks like he gets. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we went to the um, SNS preview in San Diego and uh, we were on the plane or something and I posted something in the story and he's like, hey, uh, stop by, man. And so uh, <laughs> I replied back, said, okay, I'll be there in like whatever, a yeah. couple hours. So Joanne and I got an Uber and uh, we showed up at his, at his shop and, and hung out for like three hours or something. Um, and now uh, we, we could talk almost, uh, I don't know, every week or two. Yeah, Love his cool. shop though. Have you been there? I've never been there. No. I feel like that's the best part for me about like Instagram and stuff is like, what other industries do you get where you can do this? I feel like it's not as, it's not the same for everybody. Like there's definitely certain industries that all talk to each other and hang out. But I feel like for us, it's like, we're all the same dudes kind of that just like yeah. when we get together, it's just like, you know, like you're that dog that's just like, <laughs> oh, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's cool it's for sure. But well, hey, dude, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, for sure. Is it, was this episode one, or y'all had, y'all had some more already? Well, we're doing you first, but we'll probably put yours like a couple years down the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just 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 wait. You're we'll see we'll it. find some other people that we think are better. We'll put before you. <laughs> yeah. and then we'll give me a lot of that. You'll have ten presses then. Yeah, yeah. Give me up when I got the, the third press coming in. You're making me oh, laugh. Yeah. My monitor shaking. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we can cut it off here. We can cut it off here if we need to.